know if it's all the capstone kits. I oh. So we're going to wait a couple of minutes uh, for Councillor Hidalgo Faring. She's probably at some after school committee that she had to go to and will be rushing right in. Hello everyone, I would now like to call the April 11th, 2023 Longmont City Council regular session to order. Uh, this this uh, meeting can be viewed at the live stream at the city's YouTube channel, also at the longmontpublicmedia.org forward slash watch or on Comcast channels 8 or 880. Can we have a roll call please? Mayor Beck? Present. Councilmember Hidalgo Faring? Here. Councilmember Martin? Councilmember McCoy, Present. Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez, Here. Councilmember Waters, Here. Councilmember Yarbrough, Here. Mayor, you have a quorum. Thank you. I would like to welcome the Boy Scouts of America Troop 66 to this meeting tonight. They're joining us as a part of a Citizens in the Community Merit Badge class. Um, I would also like them to lead the Pledge of Allegiance. So would you mind coming up front and leading us in the pledge?
States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Thank you. As a reminder to the public, anyone wishing to speak at first call public invited to be heard will need to add his or her name to the list outside the council chambers. Only those on the list will be able to speak at the first public invited to be heard. Speakers who do not place their names on the list will have the opportunity to speak final call public invited to be heard. Anyone wishing to speak on second reading or public hearing items are asked to add their name to the speaker list for each particular item. And each speaker is limited to three minutes. We need your name and address, please. Um, we have two minutes to approve tonight. Can I have a motion for the January 28th, 2023 minutes? So moved. Second. So it's been moved by Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez, seconded by Councillor McCoy. Is there any discussion on these minutes? Mayor, I just want to clarify, those are for February 28th. There was a typo that is was corrected, so maybe it still says January on your sheet. I'm sorry. It does. Yep. So this going to so the motion was for the February, February. 28th, 2023 regular session minutes. Um, let's vote. And that carries unanimously. Uh, the next one we need is the March 21st, 2023 minutes. May I have a motion? Second. So that's, is there any discussion? Seeing none, that is uh, the March 21st, 2023 regular session minutes was moved by Councillor Water, seconded by Councillor Hidalgo Faring. Let's vote. And that carries unanimously. Do we have any uh, agenda revisions tonight? We do not. We had just that one date correction on those minutes, but we do not have any other revisions. Thank you. Uh, are, do any councilors need to make any motions to direct staff to add agenda items to future agendas? Seeing none, we'll go on to the city manager's report. Report, Mayor, Council. Thank you. Um, we have a proclamation. We have a couple of proclamations tonight. The first one is designating the month of April as Parkinson's Awareness Month in Longmont, Colorado. Whereas Parkinson's disease is a chronic progressive neurological disease and is the second most common neurodegenerative, thank you very much, disease in the United States after Alzheimer's disease, and whereas it is estimated that over 1.5 million people in the United States and an estimated 10 million in the world live with Parkinson's disease. Closer to home, there are over 17,000 known people in Colorado who suffer from this disease. And whereas every year an estimated 60,000 people in the U.S. are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. There are millions of people who are caregivers, family members, and friends who are impacted by this disease. And whereas the combined direct and indirect costs of Parkinson's disease, including treatment, disability, and lost income from the inability to work, are estimated at $52 billion per year. And whereas the symptoms vary from person to person and can include tremors, slowness of movement, rigidity, gait and balance difficulty, speech and swallowing, cognitive impairment, dementia, mood disorders, and much more, 
And whereas there is no known cure or drug to slow or halt the progression of this disease, but we are getting close. Everyone's continued financial support is still needed and appreciated. Now, therefore, I, Joan Peck, Mayor, by virtue of the authority vested in me and the City Council of the City of Longmont, do hereby proclaim the month of April 2023 as Parkinson's Awareness Month and proclaim April 11th, 2023 as Parkinson's Disease Re Recognition Day in Longmont to raise awareness and advocacy for Parkinson's disease. Is there someone here to accept this proclamation? Do you want to say a, a few words? Not at all. Step up to the uh, podium in the microphone. I'd like to briefly go through the warning signs. The, the first one is tremors or shaking. This is one that easiest to detect. One of them you may not notice is your handwriting gets smaller and smaller as time goes by. Another critical one, which is early on, is the loss of smell. And I mean, that's mm. a, lot, a lot of people have a lot, a lot of problems with smelling, and it, it has something to do with the gut. And um, people have trouble sleeping, moving or walking, constipation, a soft and low voice. There are speech therapists that people with Parkinson's can go to to help them with this soft and low voice. I'm glad we have the microphone here because I, I flunked the class, I guess. A mass face. If, if you talk to somebody and there is a blank expression all the time, it's because it's just Parkinson's affects them. Dizziness or fainting. And last one is stoop or hunched over. And those are the signs. Yeah, the other people with Parkinson's just stand up. Do you want to stand up the ones who are here for Parkinson's? <laughs> Would you like a picture with the city council? If possible. Yes. Mayor, while everybody is gathering, uh, he mentioned that there's some handouts in the back if people are interested in learning more.
Our second proclamation is a proclamation designating April 22nd, 2023 as Earth Day in Longmont, Colorado. Whereas humankind is currently facing tremendous global challenges, including large-scale migration, environmental injustice, degradation of ecosystems, mass extinction of species, and climate change, all impacting our collective health, the economy, and the natural world. And whereas this Earth Day is an active embodiment of our commitment to ensuring everyone has a right to clean air, clean water, and healthy lands, and whereas we foster cohesive communities by caring for our land, bringing more considerations to how we grow food and use energy, and incorporate sustainable business practices into our local economy. And whereas we invest in our planet and invest in our young people's futures as stewards to the natural world by offering them models today of what this can look like. And whereas we find resiliency through creative and time-tested solutions to the core pillars of community and modern life. And Longmont's vibrant community and ecology thrives today and tomorrow. Now, therefore, I, Joan Peck, Mayor, by virtue of the authority vested in me in the city, excuse me, city council of the city of Longmont, do hereby proclaim April 22nd, 2023 as Earth Day in Longmont and encourage all residents to join the city in celebrating the Earth recognizing climate change as a challenge that needs solutions and choosing effective ways to combat climate change each and every day. Can I have uh, Karen Dyke? Karen, can you turn on your microphone? Thank you. There we go. That sounds better. Uh, Mayor Peck and council members, I'm happy to be here as chair of this year's Sustainable Resilient Longmont Earth Day Committee. Thank you for this proclamation. SRL has hosted this event annually since 2015. We have an exciting day planned, including lots of opportunity for fun, education, and relaxation. As we celebrate Earth Day, it is important to realize that even though we face many challenges from climate change and loss of biodiversity, that there is hope. SRL works on the premise that there is hope for the future of humanity and our amazing planet if we work together on solving global challenges at our local level. This Earth Day, we will celebrate diversity as we gather at a diverse community near the Clark Centennial Park and at Timberline PK-8 School. This school is at Mountain View and Lashley. Children are our future, and they will join us with some mariachi music and songs. We will also have new kids' events planned this year with movement activities and scavenger hunts and a bike ride. There are many organizations presenting solutions to the climate, such as renewable energy, home electrification, regenerative agriculture, and sustainable clothing. We even have a fashion show featuring sustainable clothing. I think they have 50 models. Uh, enjoying the earth is part of hope. So come for a bike ride or sit in meditation in the nearby park. Loving the earth helps us protect the earth. EarthDay.org has a slogan this year of invest in our planet. We have some amazing sponsors who are investing in our planet by supporting this important day. There are big and small ways for each of us to invest in our planet. 
There's a quote that says, if you think you are too small to make a difference, think of a mosquito buzzing in the room while you try to sleep. We invite you to come and enjoy the earth and learn ways to protect the earth and its bounty. April 22nd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Thank you very much for this proclamation supporting the importance of celebrating our earth. Thank you. Thank you. Do, um, would you like a picture with us? Okay. If I could have you all squish towards the middle, please. We're now at first call public invited to be heard. As a reminder, you have three minutes and please state your name and address. The first one on our list is Jamie Seymour. Jamie Seymour, 517 Independence Drive. Mayor and city council members, I am here tonight to again urge you to vote to accept the Button Rock Management Plan as written. One of the provisions of the plan is prohibiting dogs. I know this is a controversial provision, but it shouldn't be. Dogs have many miles and acres of Boulder County open to them. Of the 155 uh, miles of trail managed by Boulder Open Space and Mountain Parks, 89% are open to dogs. Of over 20 properties owned and managed by Boulder County Parks and Open Space, only four don't allow dogs, while two have areas specifically for off-leash dogs. Within Longmont itself, there are six dog parks or parks with dog-specific areas, including at Union Reservoir. Button Rock is Longmont's watershed, and recreation is a tertiary use of the preserve. The city of Boulder doesn't even allow people into their watershed. So again, I ask you to formally vote to approve the Button Rock Management Plan as written. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Cameron Grant. Cameron Grant, 2227 Bluebird Drive. Uh, Mayor Peck, members of council, I am here uh, in my role as chairman of the board of the Longmont Economic Development Partnership, and my request to you is that you consider placement of the, uh, excuse me, the, the proposed Center for Arts and Entertainment on the ballot this fall for public voter consideration. Uh, at the Longmont Economic Development Partnership, or LEDP, our role includes advocating for things that advance the city's economy, and among other things, we do this by targeting four areas, talent, place, industry, and connectivity. Uh, the proposed Center for Arts and Entertainment advances both the talent and the place pillars of the city's economic development plan. Uh, six weeks ago, the Longman EDP was asked to evaluate this request. 
and we voted unanimously to support this proposal. Um, and let me talk to you about a couple of the reasons why. One, under the place category, the city's economic development plan calls for Longmont EDP and council to promote an amenity-rich community. It calls for us to engage, uh, to create engaging and colorful urban centers, and it calls for us to create a variety of cultural activities. The Center for Arts and Entertainment achieves all of these goals and more. It would be a vibrant hub of activity, bringing people together to experience the arts in all of its forms. And it will also create jobs and drive economic growth. That's what I think is unique about this proposal among those that are being considered. Um, before I talk about talent in that pillar, I want to talk about uh, the unique funding mechanism that's proposed. Uh, this is proposed as a public-private partnership. And the way that it's structured, it puts the burden on the private supporters of this to demonstrate the financial viability by raising a significant percentage of the costs before the city has to put forth any public money. So it shifts the risk to the private sector first to demonstrate that this will work before the city money comes into place. This is a really creative way to pursue economic development. Finally, the talent prong. Um, there's a statistic that I heard recently that in the state of Colorado, there are two open jobs for every one unemployed person. That means that if tomorrow everybody in the state that was unemployed got a job, we'd still have half the open jobs left unfilled. Longmont is competing right now for talent. And we're competing in a, in a situation where we're behind the curve. The city is seeing this. Private industry is seeing this. Uh, we're seeing it across the board. So how do we compete? We can't compete just on paychecks alone. We can't compete on what happens between 8 and 5, Monday through Friday, at the job. We have to make Longmont a place that people want to be for reasons in addition to the job that they're offered. And cultural amenities like the Center for Arts and Entertainment are exactly that. Thank you. Thank you, Cameron. Fernando Gurula. Hello, my name is Fernando Gurula. I live in um, 402 Fox Street. I'm an I'm a eighth grader at Trail Ridge Middle School. The, this is my private viola teacher, Mr. Wu, who also teaches or teaches orchestra at Westview Middle School, Lagomont. Want to add my voice in support of the Center for Arts and Entertainment. Music means so much to me. All the possibilities for my community and me to access world-class musicians and expand educational opportunities through the center are thrilling. I can only wonder how many lives of Logmont's youth and the youth from all across the region could be forever impacted by having the center. For all of the possibilities it presents for my generation and those younger than me, please put the Center for Arts and Entertainment on the ballot. This moment, I would also like to perform a short solo. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Fernando. That was great. Sherry Malloy. It's a hard act to follow. Good evening, Sherry Malloy, 1632 Sherman Way, here in support of the Button Rack Management Plan, again. This plan took three years to develop and is well-researched, developed, and comprehensive. As you all know, all three appropriate boards, Parks, Water, and Sustainability, support this plan. The recommendations for protection, including prohibiting dogs, are necessary. Every time we take our dogs into open space areas, there are unintended impacts on the ecosystem, such as soil erosion, plants, wildlife, water, and ecological processes. Even if leashed, just the presence of dogs disturb wildlife. It's not just about picking up dogs' poop. Marking territory with their urine leaves impacts many people don't realize. It also hurts flora and eventually seeps into the water. There are 90 million households with dogs in the U.S., 38% of those with an average of 1.6 dogs each. That number has steadily risen since 2000. At the same time, outdoor recreation is growing rapidly in popularity. This trend is expected to continue in the coming decades with a variety of impacts on protected lands, habitat, and wildlife. Our natural places in Longmont and everywhere have been loved to damage since COVID as people sought out safe outdoor recreation. With population growth, a mess has been created that needs relief. I have lived and hiked in Longmont for over 37 years. I, like so many people, just love dogs who are better than people in many ways. I figure I will always have a dog. I really enjoy walking and hiking with my dogs. However, after seeing the huge increase of both people and dogs and the harm caused the last two to three years, I've rethought bringing my dog when hiking. Parks are suited for dogs. Some natural areas are too, but not Button Rock, or at least not anymore. Button Rock is managed as a protective preserve with forests, wildlife, and riparian areas that are all impacted by both human and dog traffic. The whole preserve is a sensitive ecological habitat with deer, habitat with deer bobcats, cougars, turkeys, fish, birds, and more. It is also our water supply, so requires extra protection. Due to increased usage, more restricted protections are needed to protect this preserve. We've taken and impacted more than our share of land and habitat from the plains. We need to restrict the negative impacts of humans and access in our foothills and beyond. Our natural areas are not our personal playgrounds. Sometimes access needs to be limited. Button Rock is our water supply. It's also our only preserve. It's a privilege to have any access. As said, the city of Boulder's water supply land is completely off limits to people. This plan might have suggested restricting access altogether. Prohibiting dogs is a sacrifice worth making to help safeguard this gem and keep access to people. A former council made this hard call at Sandstone. Now it's your turn. It's necessary. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. Antoinette Kemper. Good evening. Antoinette Kemper, Fifth Avenue. I oppose officially committing Longmont to Vision Zero. <clears throat> Excuse me. Preventing traffic-related fatalities is a worthy cause, but I question whether this is the best avenue to achieving this goal. Whenever I see a push for cities to sign on to some national or international program, I always wonder what local authority has to be surrendered under that program. Vision Zero Network is yet another nonprofit organization with corporate sponsors that can be connected back to the United Nations Agenda 2030 globalist 
plan. Vision Zero also embraces the discriminatory and destructive equity and defund the police rhetoric. According to the Vision Zero Network website, anti-racism is a core desired outcome of our work. Below that claim, it lists the objective to recognize and change the we know what's best for the community attitude that often permeates white-centered planning spaces. So much for anti-racism, or are racist statements about white people not considered racist in today's inverted reality? Championing, championing the disastrous movement to defund, discredit, and demoralize police, Vision Zero advocates against police enforcement of speeding based on the unproven narrative that law enforcement stops endanger people of color. It further claims data-driven decision-making by law enforcement based on police-collected cr crash data commonly undervalues the experiences and rights of marginalized community members. So basically, this program categorically labels law enforcement as discriminatory and racist. The Longmont Police Department serves this community, and many police officers are members of our community. <clears throat> Excuse me. They deserve our support. How can we, in good conscience, support this anti-law enforcement agenda? I realize there's a potential funding associated with officially signing on to this program, but at what cost? We shouldn't have to sell our souls in order to receive fundings to protect lives. Furthermore, a lot of information that actually can be useful, including other cities' Vision Zero plans, is readily available on the Vision Zero Network website. The purpose of Vision Zero is supposed to be saving lives. Planting the seeds of racial tension and division does not save lives. Labeling our police as racist does not save lives. Limiting the ability of law enforcement to do their job and protect our community does not save lives. Vision Zero is wrong for Longmont. Thank you. Thank you, Antoinette. Um, we now have the Silver Creek High Capstone Project uh, students. And the first one is Sophia Bandy. Hello, City Council. My name is Sophia Bandy, and my address is 4901 Nelson Road, and I've been president of the Silver Creek Leadership Academy and ambassador team for the 2022 and 2023 school year. Small groups of us have been joining you all at these meetings to talk about our senior capstones, and we're really excited to continue that tonight. For those of you who don't know, at Silver Creek High School, we have had SCLA since 2013. It's a program teaching students in high school the pillars of leadership and elements of leadership that employers and businesses seek in employees. Throughout the four years of high school, we develop these skills within groups and apply them within our community, building up into our senior year of high school, where we are given the opportunity to choose a project of whatever interests us, and we focus our year on just that. We have projects of varying sizes from our school community, local community, Colorado community, and all the way into other countries globally. We are here tonight to share some more wonderful capstone projects, as well as practicing our public speaking, one of the many elements we focus on in the program. Within SCLA, we have a team of ambassadors, a group of students that are drawn to taking the extra step in leadership and to help our program thrive. These kids are driven to wanting to help and see SCLA and the projects see them succeed. This was my focus of the year, utilizing the motto, leaders leading leaders. 
being a part of this program for the majority of my high school education, when it came to my senior year to decide a capstone project, I knew that the opportunity to be president of the ambassador teams would be a challenging but good fit for me. With the help of my incredible mentor, Carrie Adams, right here, uh, we have been able to have a very good year among this team and beyond in the whole program. Over the course of this year, I've spoken at many local events, especially within our school community, to talk about SCLA and the benefits and lessons it will teach students considering joining the program. My biggest event of this year has been Chinese New Year, a well-known event in Longmont that we have been able, unable to hold since 2020 because of the pandemic. With monthly meetings with the Asian Pacific Association of Longmont, um, in November of 2022, we began planning until the event in early February of 2023. We collected around 150 volunteers from Silver Creek and other surrounding St. Brain Valley School Districts, and we had the largest turnout that we have ever had for this event. Um, over 2,000 city members joined us that day. Now, as we are upon our 10-year anniversary of the first graduating class of SCLA alumni, I am creating a project to honor alumni from the past years to see what they're up to in their professional and adult lives. I'm creating displays of puzzle pieces as that is our token of focus for the graduating class of 2023, and they will be displayed at our evening of excellence on May 8th at Silver Creek High School, which I highly encourage you all to attend. This past year has been an incredibly enriching experience where I've learned many valuable lessons I know I will take with me in my future endeavors at CU Boulder at the Leeds School of Business. Thank you all for your time. Sophia, did you give your address? Yes. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, the next one is Mariah or Marsh Rooney. Greetings, City Council. My name is Marshall Rooney, and my address is 4901 Nelson Road, Longmont, Colorado. Silver Creek High School has no permanent art within its walls. Our teachers do the best they can, adorning the hallways with posters and infographics. And once a semester, the art department sets up a school art show where student art is displayed throughout various wings of the school. My goal for this year was to change the blankness of these halls. My original plan was to install a mural throughout the entirety of the upper D-wing. This mural had books with no titles on them, an owl bookend, and a plant. By the time I had finished creating the design, getting the design approved through the school and the facilities modification process with the district, researching the costs and curation of my materials, putting together a full paint palette using the cards from Home Depot, and talking to our school's art club about volunteering with me, February was nearly upon us. I got all of my materials together over the course of February, as well as deal dealing with more logistics of supervision, and I was finally able to start painting on March 4th. The few paint days we had went great. The colors mixed perfectly, our projection to trace the design onto the wall was incredible, and I had enough volunteers that I wasn't worried about finishing the mural by the end of March. A video was posted on the SCLA Twitter account because, understandably, Miss Adams wanted to share this project with the broader community. Not even two days later, the district saw this and told us to put the project on hold. A couple days after that, they sent us a cease and desist, and I was told that it would be painted over during spring break, which at that point was only a few days away. I was confused and upset. I had done everything that was asked of me and gone through all of the processes that I thought I needed to put this mural in the building, and it wasn't enough. Since then, I've been doing everything I can to get any art up in the building. After an enormous amount of negotiation, I'll be putting a new semi-permanent design in my SCLA teacher, Ms. Cohn's classroom. It'll be painted and hung on hardboard panels for as long as she wants, which she says is forever. This isn't what I wanted. 
I wanted to enhance and beautify the Silver Creek hallways. I wanted to bring art to all students and staff. I'm frustrated and angry, and I'm not sure what to do. It's been a learning experience, to say the least. City Council, I implore you, please celebrate art in public places. Art brings together communities, listens, and speaks when nothing else will. Art reminds us that we are more than just ourselves and bring us br brings us beauty when we're only concerned about the mundaneness of our own lives. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Marshall. Aiden, Aiden McVeigh. Hello, City Council. My name is Aiden McVeigh, and my address is 4901 Nelson Street. Exactly a year before I was born, my great-grandmother had a stroke that paralyzed half her body. Growing up with my great-grandmother was very eye-opening. It was crazy how much an extra set of hands could change her life. That's why when I discovered an opportunity to help more older adults like her, I took it. Partnering with my mentor, the CEO of Cultivate, Christy Britt, I founded my capstone project, Seniorscapes. With this project, I initially set out to only do yard-related cleanup events for fellow seniors in the community. But that just wasn't realistic with the winter weather conditions. So this project had to evolve to grow in, into incorporate more aspects. I started by sno shoveling snow off older adults' driveways. And this was a huge success because by the middle of winter, I had three clients that I would shovel the snow for every time it snowed. But I realized that I didn't connect with my clients as much as I would have hoped. Now I'm researching on behalf of Cultivate so that they can improve their connection between their clients. This involves weekly meetings with, between me and my mentor, Christy, where I research and provide a new perspective on documents Christy assigns me. These meetings have been very beneficial as I've been able to connect more with my mentor and she has been gaining insight on better ways to improve their connection between their clients. And with the weather getting better, more sunnier, I hope to wrap up my project with what I originally wanted to do, one last yard cleanup event. Thank you. Thank you, Aiden. Katie Bogdanova. Good evening, Longmont City Council members. Thank you for the opportunity to speak here today. I am Catherine Bogdanova and my address is 4901 Nelson Road. Within the Leadership Academy at my high school, Silver Creek, I wanted to create something exciting and entertaining for students in order to build a better sense of community at Silver Creek. I am also a part of the Longmont Youth Council, which further inspired me to create my project. My main goal was to make students aware of all the opportunities within our school, including our clubs, sports, and extracurriculars. I also wanted to reflect on these opportunities through a passion of mine, videography. I decided to continue a previous capstone project called Raptor Report. However, I decided to put my own name to it, calling it the Bogdanova Broadcast. About every month, I create a six to eight minute video that is shown to all students during a class called advisory. I film various parts of these videos behind a newsroom green screen and film many different events happening throughout the school. I also include student interviews, announcements from students, information about clubs and activities, and simply clips that showcase our school spirit. I co collaborate with my mentors, Silver Creek librarians, Tina Frito and Kristen Holtz, which allows me to gain their feedback and advice to better my videos. 
I've been given a lot of positive feedback about my videos from both students and staff members and take any feedback to further improve my videos and my overall project. This semester, my main goal was to include as many new faces as I could, which I've done through interviewing students about their New Year's resolutions, teachers they appreciate, and asking students unique questions to get to know distinctive qualities and personality traits of the students at Silver Creek. By creating these videos, I have added a fun element to our advisory classes and have, help, have helped make the community more inclusive by including as many different students as I can. As of right now, I am finishing my capstone project with one more video to go that will capture this year as a whole and a montage of this year's events. To finalize my project, I'm creating a summary product, which will include as many different aspects of my project and the various parts of it that were needed in order to make it successful. I hope to continue being an active member of my community during my post-secondary education at Princeton University and hopefully continue to take on my passion for videography. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Katie. Gage, and I am going to let you tell me how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> Hello, Mayor and Council Members. My name is Gage Siski, and my address is 4901 Nelson Road. And I'm super excited to introduce my capstone project, Insight from the Light. The one thing that I've always been driven to do is help others be at peace with their life and feel heard. I've been able to do this as a living because I've been conducting psychic readings to my community for the past five years. I've been told that I provide a sense of clarity and insight to one's life from input from my clients. I have felt that some of my peers in school feel restricted from talking to people of higher authority and don't feel comfortable opening up to others or even themselves. So I thought someone of their own age group coming into their space and providing ways to be more self-aware comfortably and efficiently will help their spiritual and emotional well-being. For my project, Insight from the Light, I conduct monthly workshops consisting of meditation, breathwork, group activities, and affirmations. For my project, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. It is open to both students and teachers, and I have... Enjoyed every second of it, especially with the help from my mentor, Silver Creek School Psychologist, Leanne Murray. My first workshop was in October of 2022, Let's Talk Energy, which was a jumpstart to my project, and I talked about how energy is always working around us and how we can work with energy. In the month of November, we honored Native American Heritage Month by making wish bundles, which taught to, which was taught by my family by a native el elder from the Hopi tribe. The wish bundles help connect our Let's Talk Energy workshop by setting our intentions into bundles and releasing them into the universe perfect to lead us to our last workshop of 2022. Our last workshop in December, Let Your Visions Come True, was a workshop where we made vision boards for the new year of 2023 by setting energy we wanted to bring into our new year with images and meditation. My January workshop, Let's Talk Emotions, was a powerful workshop where we were able to talk about how emotions can speak to us and how we can use our emotions to heal our life. We also went over how we can clear our space by getting rid of any negative energy. My February workshop, Let's Get Cl Clarity, was a group reading to who, to, for those to come who needed insight. With my project, I also offer space clearing to teachers at Silver Creek in their office or classroom consisting of sage to clear any negative energies. 
I have been able to touch many others outside of Silver Creek in the community of Longmont by my intuitive readings and I hope I can continue to spread insight to people to become more self-aware and by using my gift to help others for my peers. Thank you. Thank you, Gage. Thank you. Maddie McChesney. Hello everyone, my name is Maddie McChesney. My address is 4901 Nelson Road. How many people here have ever done something kind for someone else? This is what my project is about. My project is about those small acts of kindness that can go so very far. You never know how much that will affect the other person even if it was a simple compliment. My capstone project is called You Rock with mentorship from the Firehouse Art Center. This project is about painting rocks and putting them out into the community for other people to find and put a smile on their face. This year, I have collected, sealed, and labeled 132 rocks. These rocks have been collected through several events, including an event over the past weekend on Main Street's second Saturday. There are a mix of rocks painted by high schoolers and people in the community, along with a lot of rocks painted from the kindness of kindergartners and first graders at Longmont Estates Elementary School. I hope that some of you in this room will go out and be able to find a rock especially on Main Street because there are still a lot of rocks out there from the past weekend. When a rock is found, <laughs> the goal is to spread this message of kindness it brings. So my Instagram and Facebook at urockschs and instructions are labeled and sealed to the rock so that we can track where they have gone. This will create the story behind how far a little act of kindness can go. Picture this, a rock painted by a kindergartner that gets placed in Longmont get, but gets picked up by several people, making them smile and then continuing the cycle of kindness by hiding it in different places. This creates a little roadmap of, and can spread all over the US or maybe even a completely different country. As this project wraps up, my goals are to get the rest of the rocks put out into the community. My other goal is to get people to look for my rocks by following my social media and having people understand the message behind my, this project. My main mission for this project is to show people how far a little act of kindness can go. So I encourage everyone in this room to compliment someone today or do something to make someone smile. Thank you all for having me today. And one last thing, you rock. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. Talon Fordham. Hello everyone, my name is Talon Fordham and my address is 4901 Nelson Road. I'm a part of Silver Creek's Leadership Academy and for my senior capstone project I created Packed Love. Every two minutes a child enters the foster care system in the United States. Currently in Colorado there are over 10,000 children in the foster care system. When these children have to leave their home or foster care home, they are given a trash bag for their belongings, if they have any. I feel as though these children deserve much more than just this. Packed Love was created to help provide these children with a backpack with some essential items to help their transition. A filled backpack consists of a shirt, a pair of pants, a set of pajamas, socks, underwear, a toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, a book, and a toy. I wanted to help children right here in Colorado, so I teamed up with Packs of Hope in Arvada, Colorado. Packs of Hope distributes backpacks to children across Colorado counties, even right here in Boulder County. 
The goal of Pax Love was to provide 100 filled backpacks to Packs of Hope to be distributed. I sent out letters to local businesses in Longmont and Boulder asking for donations, hosted drive-in drops, and went to local school functions to talk to parents and students, and presented to local businesses about my project. I even hosted a friendly challenge at our school between teachers and students to see who could fill the most backpacks. Within the first semester of my project, we as a community filled over 100 backpacks. I'm excited and grateful to say that as my project is wrapping up, we as a Longmont community have filled 226 backpacks and helped 226 kids. Backpacks have been distributed to children here locally in Boulder County, which makes me very happy. I don't think that one person can change the world, but I do think that one person can change the world for another person. My heart goes out to everyone who is able to help me spread kindness to a foster kid in need. Thank you. Thank you, Talon. Elsa Weiberg? Good evening, City Council members. My name is Elsa Weiberg, and my address is 4901 Nelson Road, Longmont, Colorado. I'm here, to talk, I'm here tonight to talk to you about Mental Focus, a project dedicated to teaching social and emotional intelligence to elementary school students. My partner, Alyssa, and I are both going to be studying psychology in college, so naturally we both expressed an interest in developing our project around mental health. We are introduced we were introduced to a project created by a senior last year that focused on teaching the importance of social and emotional intelligence to elementary students. Because of similar interests, we quickly decided to take the project into our own hands and can continue it this year. We partnered with Shara Eisenberg and Stephanie Holliday, third grade teachers at Blue Mountain Elementary School, and agreed that Alyssa and I would have head over to the elementary school at 3 p.m. once a week and teach 15 to 30 minute lessons about various topics. The lessons we have taught throughout our project have been taken from a book called Improving Social and Emotional Intelligence, One Day at a Time. The lessons from this book are already taught to each grade at Blue Mountain. But for our project, we took over the lesson planning and teaching. We have taught 18 lessons, which all cover a wide range of topics. Some of the lessons we taught in the first semester included how to identify bullying and what to do when you or someone you know is being bullied learning about the nervous system and the parts of the brain, discovering personal strength, strengths and weaknesses, random acts of kindness, and so much more. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my project with you tonight. I'm now gonna give my partner, Alyssa, a chance to speak about what we have completed our second semester and what we will be doing to wrap up our next project. Thank you. Thank you, Elsa. <laughs> Alyssa Harris. Good evening, City Council members. My name is Alyssa Harris, and my address is 4901 Nelson Road, Longmont, Colorado. My partner, Elsa Weiberg, and I have come together to create an extremely successful capstone project. Mental Focus has provided many learning opportunities for not only the third graders we teach, but also for Elsa and me. We have gained many leadership skills and new knowledge pertaining to social and emotional intelligence, which will aid us both in our college careers and general futures. Over our second semester, we have continued our weekly lessons at Blue Mountain, Blue Mountain Elementary School and currently have three lessons remaining. This past semester, we have taught lessons about expressing emotions through writing, dealing with sadness, dealing with hurt and anger, expressing love, integrating sensations, emotions, and self-care, and dealing with impulsivity. 
To wrap up our teaching, we plan to do a lesson where we review and go over past topics as well as giving ourselves and the students a chance to say goodbye. Throughout our project, we have made great connections with the students and have been able to see their growth and progress throughout the year. In the beginning, many students were quite talkative and didn't seem extremely interested in our lessons. But as the weeks progressed, they became more and more engaged and excited. It's always fun to see what new questions and comments each of the students have. Overall, Elsa and I's capstone project, Mental Focus, has been extremely fulfilling and a great learning opportunity that I'm very glad to have experienced. Thank you all for listening and providing the opportunity for us to share our project. Thank you, Alyssa. And I hope I don't, I say this name correctly, Ashisha, Ashisa, Karapali. Good evening, City Council. My name is Ashish Karapali, and my address is 4901 Nelson Road. My school district, St. Vernon Valley, has a building called the Innovation Center, where high schoolers can take classes and participate in summer camps and project teams involving STEM applications such as programming, aeronautics, and even marine biology. For my leadership project this year, I've decided to partner with the Innovation Center to host STEM events for elementary school kids. I was able to establish a partnership with them through my past and current involvement in summer camps and project teams. I'm working with the um, directors for STEM education, Christian Brome and Phyllis Ash. There are a few purposes of these STEM events. The first is to introduce kids to STEM applications. The second is to inspire the kids to learn more. The third is to motivate them to sign up for Innovation Center classes, summer camps, and project teams in the future. This is accomplished through STEM stations, where kids interact with stuff like robots and paper airplanes. When they play at these STEM stations, our hope is that they um, take an interest in what they're doing and want to learn more. Um, another underlying purpose of these STEM events is to, is to interact with the community as a whole, and this primarily focuses on parents. For that reason, we designed Tech Talks, which are presentations by students for parents about topics such as cybersecurity, kids' school iPads, and their, and their apps. From a parent's perspective, these presentations certainly help um, parents understand what is going on, both at the school level and the world level of technology. I've had two events so far, one in November and December, and my next grand finale event is on May 9th, 4.30 to 6.30. There will be an appearance by Rosie the Tarantula. Um, this is a result of a collaboration between the Butterfly Pavilion and the Innovation Center in the Innovation Center is near Science Department. Um, this is an experiment where they explore how people react to <coughs> spiders with varying levels of knowledge of them. There's also the Design Goat, which is um, a science fair by students, but presented in art exhibit form. I've been doing, I'm doing this project because I've been involved with the Innovation Center for a while, and I love STEM. I hope that th through these events, I can inspire the next generation of high schoolers in the same way. Thank you. Thank you, Ashisa. So the next person on our public invited to be heard is Lance Whitaker. Mayor and Council, um, my name is Lance Whitaker, living at 1750 Collier Street. Um, I do have a pet rock. He's an angry bird. Um, and you're welcome to try and find him. Uh, today is National Cheese Fondue Day. Uh, me and Rocky had a dispute on whether or not it was 8-track day or National Pet Day. He asked me what an 8-track was. 
I told him it was what magnetic tape that we used before cassettes. He asked me what it was a cassette. So I guess my dog wins on that one. <laughs> um, today I would like to bring up a sort of a serious note. Um, I've recently become aware of Adana's law, and this law enables people who may be mentally unstable to put a uh, red flag on themselves before they may have an episode. Something like this should have been adopted a long time ago. If you feel the need to put yourself on an, a red flag law, I feel not only should you be able to, but you should also hand in your Miranda, uh, your um, manifesto anytime you want also. So I would like you definitely to consider fast-tracking Donna's law. Thank you. Thank you, Lance. Heather Prentice. Mayor and Council, I'm Heather Prentice. My address is 425 Raymond Court. And as a gentleman in front of me just made it aware it is National Pet Day. So what a great day to talk about Button Rock. I'm asking the council to please reconsider Section 3F on prohibiting dogs at Button Rock. Um, I was born and raised here in Boulder, or not Longmont, Boulder County. Um, I've been running my dogs for many, many, many years up there, and many of my local and native friends have as well. And this would be very crushing for us, mentally, physically, our well-being, our dogs are our family. Um, we understand that there's a lot more people. We understand COVID brought a lot of people to the trails. We're asking, please, that a management plan be considered first, possibly um, doing what Salida Mountain Trails did. They have volunteer events to pick up poop. They have um, more poop stations installed. They issue fees to people that are not following the rules, and those fees can be used for staff to regulate. Um, also, people can maybe license their dogs up there for a fee or something of this sort. Um, we spent the last couple of weeks talking to people up there, and most people are not aware this is even a consideration. We feel like this has intentionally been left in the shadows and out of the public eye and if you read the survey results, you do see many, many people in favor for it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I lost my place. Um, so just again, we're just please, please asking you to reconsider this, to vote against it, and to possibly look at a management plan instead of a knee-jerk reaction. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Strider Binston. Sorry, I don't walk too well lately, but what the heck. Um, it's wonderful hearing the uh, high school students and the uh, uh, Strider Benston, 951 West 17th. It's wonderful hearing the high school students and what they're learning and doing. And um, 
uh, uh, very interesting. You see right now the state of Florida is abolishing history, banning books, and essentially abol abolishing education. And uh, we are in a crisis in that respect. You see what happened in Tennessee after three children and three teachers uh, got murdered by uh, a young person with uh, AR-15. Um, she shot 152 bullets within about a minute in, uh, you know, in killing those, uh, those people in that uh, uh, Christian school. And um, we have uh, a policy, the NRA financed this uh, the last 30 years, and we have a political party that is bought and sold uh, by that. And uh, it's called, the way that it works out is called stochastic terrorism. And if you know Henry II in England, England uh, back way back, said, "Won't somebody rid me of this meddlesome priest?" In other words, anyone out there with with uh, killing machines can go up and do his job for him, and that's what the word has been out. Um, the more people <clears throat> killed the more it builds the power because fear and chaos is the policy of those groups who are pushing that. And um, um, by uh, abrogating the right to vote, by filibuster, by uh, 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 gerrymandering, they're creating minority rule. That is how it is happening and uh, a little history. Hitler took power in Germany with 32.9% of the vote. And we are a whole lot more scary in this country on that regard. Um, the uh, part of the thing is they say, oh, well, it's the black gangs in Chicago and Baltimore and stuff. And they have laws against uh, guns. Well, where do the guns come from? They come from Kansas and Indiana and Virginia who don't have any laws against guns. And the sheriff of El Paso County bragged about refusing to, 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 to enforce the red flag laws. Um, Thank Benjamin you, Franklin was asked, what kind of a government do we have? He said, a republic if we can keep it. Let's keep it. Thank you, Strider. And last but not least, Paul Tiger. Greetings, Paul Tiger, 350 Kimbark. Um, and the reason is, is my house was burgled. And you know what they stole? Guns. And that was a long time ago. I don't have guns now. but. What's, uh, you, so, Paul, do you live here in this? Yes, building? I do. In this I, building, I, you live here. I live here in this building. Uh, huh. So, um, what I've come uh, this afternoon, uh, my letter got—I'm uh, sorry, this morning, my letter got published in the newspaper, uh, which is an article about safe guns. Uh, we have the ability. Um, actually, lots of apartment dwellers don't have the ability to keep their guns safe. 
there are responsible gun owners. Some of them think that the way to be responsible to their families is to lock their guns in their cars. And uh, the police tell me that uh, more than half of the guns that are stolen uh, are stolen from cars, and they're loaded, and they're locked in a car. Sometimes they're unlocked cars. So uh, I'm looking for a method, and I, uh, this is uh, actually a, uh, an action point of the Boulder Democratic Party, uh, and that is to find a method in which uh, the government can store guns for citizens who can't do that. So even if you had a, a gun safe, uh, you can't, uh, uh, if you're a homeowner, you can drill holes in the floor and you can mount it. You can mount it to a wall. Um, a, a, a tenant, uh, an apartment tenant might not even be able to hang a picture. They certainly can't modify that. So uh, we have here a gun range that belongs to the city. It's very secure. Uh, it's uh, almost, almost all the time manned. Uh, and uh, I thought it might be an opportunity to open up a conversation about individuals who live in this community storing guns there in a safe place where they're away from being stolen and just out and about in our community. If, if, a, if kids get a hold of guns, this is a, a, a reoccurring thing where children find a gun and they believe it's a toy and they kill each other. And anything that we can do to stop that, that's what I'm asking here. Open that conversation. Talk about a way to do that. And by the way, we do know that this is the business of uh, commercial industry. This law was passed uh, just less than two years ago. And the problem is, is that there aren't any places that store guns that like. There's a gun store, and they'll store guns for you. But the nearest one is 60 miles from here. And I looked at Google. Uh, street maps at this building, and I said, oh no, that, that's like somebody's old house. You wouldn't want to store a gun there. So please, consider this. Read the article if you haven't seen it, but um, we do have uh, a secure uh, place to store guns. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Seeing no one on the list, that ends first call public invited to be heard. Um, we're going to take a short bio break.
Okay. I think we're ready to reconvene. We're now at the consent agenda and introduction by title of first reading ordinances. Would you please uh, read the consent agenda into the record? Absolutely, Mayor. Public hearing and second reading for ordinances 2023, 16, 17, and 20 will be the regular uh, in two weeks on April 25th, 2023rd. A couple ordinances have a later public hearing date. Those are uh, ordinance 2023, 18, and 2023, 19 which will not have public hearing and second reading until May 23rd, 2023. Item 9A is Ordinance 2023-16, a bill for an ordinance making additional appropriations for expenses and liabilities of the City of Longmont for the fiscal year beginning January 1st, 2023. 9B uh, is the Button Rock Preserve Management Plan and Code Amendments. Item 1 is Accept the Button Rock Preserve Management Plan. Item 2 is Ordinance 2023-17, a bill for an ordinance amending Section 13.20.020, repealing and reenacting section 13.20.060 and amending section 13.20.090 of the Longmont Municipal Code on the Button Rock Preserve. 9C are the electric and storm drainage fees. These are those that will be uh, public hearing until May. Ordinance 2023-18, a bill for an ordinance amending section 14.32.150 of the Longmont Municipal Code on electric community investment fees. And item two there is ordinance 2023-19, a bill for an ordinance amending chapter 14, section 14.24050 on storm drainage fees. Item 9D is ordinance 2023-20, a bill for an ordinance amending chapter 10 of the Longmont Municipal Code by adding section 10.24.120 on camping or lodging on property without consent. 9E is resolution 2023-28, a resolution of the Longmont City Council approving the intergovernmental agreement between the city and state of Colorado Energy Office for electric vehicle charging stations funding. 9F is resolution 2023-29, a resolution of the Longmont City Council approving the intergovernmental agreement between the city and RTD for first and main transit facilities. And 9G is approved six capital improvement program amendments. Thank you. Um, I would like to pull 9C1. Are there any other counselors that would like to pull items? So can I have a motion then for the consent agenda? Second. So uh, the consent agenda has been moved by Councillor Martin, seconded by Councillor McCoy. McCoy. Let's vote. And that passes unanimously. We are now on ordinance on second reading and public hearings on any matter. Uh, the first one is a public hearing to consider action on amendment number 20-06 to the 2020 CDBG action plan. Are there any questions from council on this ordinance? Uh, Mayor, we do have a presentation on this because it's uh, related to CDBG. Great, okay, so we have Molly McDonald. Put it on full screen. Good evening, mayors and mayor and members of council, Molly O'Donnell, housing director for the city. 
Tonight I am doing a brief presentation on the reason that we are doing amendment number six to the 2020 CDBG action plan. Uh, the CDBG CV funding, so this is that special funding that came out of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, we had $768,364,000 to um, $768,364 to spend on activities that would benefit um, people that were affected by COVID. So HUD requires that 80% of this funding is expended by July 9th for us. Um, I have uh, attempted to get a, um, an extension in order to serve the couple of projects that we have, um, that we already have outlined, but it, we are being told at this time that they are not accepting extension requests yet. So we are here trying to be ahead of the game to make sure that we don't pass our expenditure deadline um, and, and, and don't give up back money. So we need to spend 80% of that, that's $614,691. We've currently spent 53% of that allocation. So the last time I came to you with Amendment 5 in November, um, we were at the 41% mark. So we have been making progress, but we still have more to do. Um, this has been, across the nation, a very difficult funding source, funding source to spend down. We need to spend $209,225 by July 9th in order to meet our expenditure deadline or else we're at risk of um, uh, recapture of the funding up to that 80% mark, but not the, not the last 20%. So we have um, worked with our teams and figured out that we do have a project that is, would meet the intent of the CDBG CV funding and would be able to spend it down in time, which is the number one important thing in, or in terms of the timing. So the project is what we're calling the LHA Accessibility Project. Um, we do have a property conditions assessment for all properties in LHA's portfolio, including the commercial properties, um, that shows that we have about $127,000 in accessibility improvements that we need to do within the next seven years. And so this would make major headway on getting those completed. And they would serve um, disabled people, which were disproportionately affected by the pandemic. So here's a summary of everything that we've done with the CV program. Um, now that we're in Amendment 6, which is very much out of the norm for us in our CDBG programs. We completed the rental assistance program through the R Center. We've got our Fresh Start Utility Billing Assistance Program that we've spent about 80% of that allocation. We do add some on with this amendment because they are ro rocking and rolling. And then the Recovery Cafe project, we, last amendment, we added that project on. We're gonna be reducing that in order to help get those expenditure deadlines met. And then um, we look at backfilling their need once they have a little bit more definition later on. And then adding on the accessibility improvements, this is, you can see it split into three here. The top one is for the residential properties. And then we split out the building they own at the, that is currently occupied by the Center for People with Disabilities and the property that is currently occupied by the Veterans Community Project. And then we have our admin on there, which we are reducing to apply to projects. And so this is just a summary of how we have been reallocating this over time to get the money spent. So here's our plan for beating that expenditure deadline. The Fresh Start program, we have to spend about $20,000 per month in April, May, and June. 
which we, we can do. Um, the Recovery Cafe project is continuing and we'll be having architectural design reimbursements to do for that. And then we can complete the LHA accessibility project. Um, there's a couple of uh, city council and then LHA board considerations coming up to make that happen, but we're working to get the bidding process complete and get that all done by June 15th to be able to spend everything. So I'll just ask if you have any questions about the changes, and we do need to hold the public hearing this evening. Thank you. Any questions from council? I do have one. Mm -hmm. this, this money cannot for future projects, for example, uh, in the design of the LHA property on Hover, uh, you can't use money for that design. So CDBG doesn't um, allow direct construction of new um, uh, new housing, okay. but the, the hard part with this one is tying it to COVID impact and obviously housing is part of the entire um, impact of the pandemic, but really tying it to the beneficiaries and making sure we have a very specific um, tie to those is the tough part on this one. Okay, good luck. Thank you. To all of us. Thank you. Uh, so um, I would like to open the public hearing to consider action on this amendment number 2006 to the 2020 CDBG action plan. Is there anybody in the public that would like to address this ordinance? Seeing none, I'll close the public hearing. Um, can I have a motion to pass this amendment? Second. So it's been moved by Councillor Martin, seconded by Councillor Hidalgo Faring. Let's vote. And I'm a yay, I can't get my screen to change. Uh, Councillor Martin moved, seconded by Councillor Hidalgo Faring. I'm a yay. Oh, there we go, finally. And that passes unanimously. The second ordinance is a bill for an or is 2023-14, a bill for an ordinance making additional appropriations for expenses and liabilities of the City of Longmont for the fiscal year beginning January 1st, 2023. Are there any questions from Council on this ordinance? Seeing none, I will open the public hearing on ordinances 2023-14. Is there anybody from the public that would like to address this ordinance? Seeing none, I'll close the public hearing. Um, can I have a motion to move this ordinance or this bill? So it's been moved by Councillor Water, seconded by Councillor McCoy. Let's vote. That carries unanimously. The third one is a bill for an ordinance 2023-15, conditionally approving the vacation of a portion of a utility easement within the boundaries of lot one of Longs Peak Business Park, Sunset Diagonal Business Park, Minor, Minor Subdivision D, generally located at 2005 Sunset Way. Are there any questions from Council on this ordinance? Seeing none, I will open the public hearing on Ordinance 2023-15. Is there anybody from the public that would like to address this ordinance? Seeing none, I will close the public hearing and um, ask for a motion. I move 
ordinance 2023-15. So it's been moved by Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez, seconded by Councillor Waters. Let's vote. That passes unanimously. Now, items removed from the consent agenda. I move nine, uh, 9C1. And this is just for clarification. When I was reading it, uh, I was a little confused about this being, and I did get clarification uh, today, but I, I want the public to know if they read this, that these fees are for new builds. Am I correct in that? And for, uh, I would call it remodels, but basically if, if anyone wants to increase the amps or the panel on their house. Is that correct, Becky? Mayor Peck, that is correct. These are for, for new electric services or upgrades of existing services. So really um, just major changes that would be paid primarily uh, by developers. Good. I just wanted that on tape in case any resident reads this and gets excited about it. So uh, knowing that, I am going to move, and I need to find that ordinance again, 9 c on the consent agenda. Thank you. 2023-18. So I moved that. It was seconded by Councillor McCoy. Let's vote. Thank you, Becky. That passes unanimously. So we are now at the... Uh, know what this is general business it is a, a proposed technical revision and um, invite staff to give us a presentation on this thank you mayor Peck members of the City Council Don Burchett planning and development <laughs> services planning manager I'm here to talk to you tonight about a proposed amendment um, just as a quick bit of background, we've been working with uh, one of the dealerships uh, in town, uh, the Dodge dealer off of 3rd Avenue. They've been looking at doing some renovations to their uh, existing facility, trying to bring it up to current codes as well as do a small addition to the property. And what we identified while working with them through our staff was that there was an error in the development uh, code in the uh, table of allowed uses. The currently vehicle sales and rentals are only allowed in two zoning districts, the mixed-use commercial and the um, mixed-use regional zones. They are currently prohibited in the mixed-use uh, employment zone, which is where the Dodge dealer as well as the Ford dealer are located. That, in going back through and looking at the documentation that was presented when we did the update, there was not an intent to make those non-conforming in those zoning districts. That was not the intent of the uh, Envision Longmont or of the original draft that we had. It was an error that got left off. So we were asking the council to consider um, making the vehicle sales and rental a permitted secondary use in that zoning district subject to the additional restrictions uh, that the land development code specifies, which 
the first of which is that if it is going to be built anywhere near any uh, city-owned parks, greenways, or open space, it would be considered a conditional use, and it would have to come to the city council for review and approval. Um, there's a few other things there that just define how we measure what is adjacent in, in that case. And then the other is that um, if it is in a um, mixed-use regional, this would be out by the um, Village at the Peaks area. If, if you're thinking of some areas, and as, as an example, they're only allowed to be new car sales in those zones. Uh, we're not proposing to make any changes to that. And then the other is that if vehicle sales and rental are proposed in an area that is within 250 feet of a residential zone district, those new projects would have to go through a conditional use through a public hearing up to the Planning Commission and then would be appealable to the City Council. So again, we feel that this was an error that we missed out of the 200 plus pages of regulations when it came through and we just found it. So we're asking the Council to provide direction tonight, hopefully, that we can bring back an ordinance to make that change to the uh, land use table. And that is really my uh, presentation. I can get into more if, you if you'd like. Do we have any questions or comments from counselors? Seeing none, can I have a motion? I move to approve the technical revision to the table of allowed uses in Chapter 15.04 of the Land Development Code. Second. Well, yeah, we're giving, the action is to direct staff to bring back the draft ordinance. So, that motion was made by um, Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez, seconded by Councillor Hidalgo Ferry. Let's vote. That carries unanimously. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now we're at the 2023 legislation, legislative bills. And we did get a handout of two of them. It's only Thank you, Mayor Peck. Uh, members of Council, Sandy Cedar, Assistant City Manager. You do have two bills today, and on the back is the CAMU talking points really referring to the second bill we're going to talk about. So, um, so tonight we have two bills for you. The first one is Senate Bill 23184, concerning, pro concerning protections for residential tenants prohibiting a landlord from considering certain information related to a prospective tenant income, rental history, um, other items that would really potentially bar people from renting from different landlords. The bill provides for protection for these rental applicants using fair housing principles. This is a practice that the city believes in strongly. Um, and since housing is such a critical council priority, staff recommends that city council support Senate Bill 23184. Any discussion on this? I do like the part that there's only cap security deposits to one month That's instead I, of first I and last. I should have mentioned that, yes. Because <laughs> that is onerous for people. Mm -hmm. So, um, Councillor McCoy. Well, that was that, thank you, Mayor Peck. Uh, that was the one thing, uh, talking to some landlords around town, uh, that they, uh, they were uh, willing to go one and a half. They were interested in something like that. They were uh, thinking that that was a, uh, and that they could do installments uh, 
too, but uh, uh, I don't think this is legislation that we have any control over other than just uh, uh, the state. So um, I just wanted to say that that's something that I think is a, would be an optional, should be some sort of optional consideration uh, that uh, uh, if they're having a tough time getting it through, uh, that maybe they go one, one and a half uh, just because it uh, allows for uh, certain situations and, and make installments so that people can, can make that, that deposit. It's a good suggestion. Thank you. So do you want to move this, that, that we support it? Oh. <laughs> Can somebody move yes. <laughs> that we support I, this? I, I okay. Yeah. I move that we support uh, Senate Bill 23, um, 108, 184. <laughs> Do I have a second? Okay, so uh, that is the motion to support SB 23184 was made by Councillor Hidalgo Faring, seconded by Councillor Waters. Let's vote. So that passes unanimously. Thank you, Mayor. I know when I moved into my first rental place in Boston, the, the landlord charged first, last, and a security month. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that makes it yeah. tougher to get into, for sure. Okay, the next one that we're talking about is House Bill 231282 concerning the persons subject to the Colorado Consumer Protection Act. Um, what this is doing is this is expanding the definition of a person that might uh, violate Consumer Protection Act to all public utilities. Um, this is a really odd overreach and basically would create a lot of frivolous lawsuits for our utilities, we believe. Um, CAMU, which is the Colorado Association of Municipal Utilities, is also opposed to this bill. Their talking points are on the back of your, um, of back of your page. Um, it also goes against the Colorado Governmental Immunity Act. Um, the idea being that people, let's see here, how do, we, how do I say this, that, that, it, that currently the Consumer Protection Act broadly covers business entities in the state um, and would add utilities as a person, as a legal entity. So like I said, we already have uh, government protections. We often work these things out. We're not exactly sure what problem this is trying to solve, mm -hmm. um, but it certainly would open up our utilities to, to lawsuits that likely won't make much sense. So uh, because of that, staff recommends that City Council opposes 23-1282. Councillor, um, shoot, Martin. Thank you, Mayor Peck. Um, I just, I had trouble have getting it to make sense too. And uh, I looked for the original text of the Consumer Protection Act and couldn't find it. Could you just, I'll, I'll go back and look again, if you just tell me like what year it was passed. That's a good question. I'd be happy to research that and get that out to the council. Yeah, because I don't know what the act does, so yeah. it was I mean, the, the idea is that it's, it's able to give consumers protection over, you know, kind of lemon services and things like that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, by, by defining utilities as a person that could be sued, it just opens up a really weird legal landscape. Uh, and, in, and in addition, doesn't include other businesses uh, in that same definition. So it seems like, uh, like I said, I'm not sure the problem it's trying to solve, but I'm happy to bring up the Consumer Protection Act and send it to the council for Thank reference. You. Sure. Um, uh, Thank you. In, in, uh, I'd, go, I'd go ahead and uh, move that we oppose it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Councilor Waters. Thanks, Mayor Peck. <clears throat> Is PRPA 
a member of the Colorado Rural Electric Association or the um, Colorado Association of Municipal Utilities? Yes. Uh, well, so, Long, Longmont is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Platte River is also a member. Well, yeah. but, but PRPA is the utility, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just curious why we wouldn't see them unless they're a member of one of these groups. Yes. Or it's just a matter of timing that they just haven't had time for their board to come together and... and the mayor's a member of that board. Is there, have you had a chance to no, talk we're, about we're this? The, no, this came up after our board meeting. All right. And so. is it safe to assume that they would also oppose this? I would think so. Yes. 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 And, and technically, we're the utility of mm -hmm. which PRPA is a generation provider. And I think this is more focused more on the customer for facing portal, which really is directly at yeah, the, each yes. city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Um, Councilor McCoy. Oh. I just was going to move it. Sorry, I forgot to take it off. Go ahead and move it. You seconded it. Okay, this has been uh, moved. By, who who made this motion? Okay, it, the motion was made by Councillor Martin, seconded by Councillor McCoy. Let's vote. To oppose this legislation. Whoops, sorry. So that passes unanimously in opposition. Thank you, Mayor. We're now at final call, public invited to be heard. Is there any public that would like to be heard at this point? Lance Whitaker. Lance Whitaker, 1750 Collier Street, Longmont, Colorado. Oops. <laughs> a little bit, huh? Just a little bit. Lance Wicker, 1750 Collier Street. Um, I just wanted the mayor and council to know that while well, there's no kids around, that I did have a meeting with John Zinger on National Unicorn Day, and it was very productive, and I would like to thank you for introducing me to Jonathan Zinger. And he looks forward to having a, mayor, uh, a talk with Mayor Peck. Thank you. Thank you, Lance. I look forward to it also. So where are you at? Uh, mayor and Council comments. Councilor McCoy. Thank you, Mayor Peck. I just wanted to uh, do a shout out to uh, the, the students uh, from uh, Silver Creek, uh, Mead, and Longmont High that attended uh, the uh, Colorado uh, FBLA State Conference. Uh, they did a great job, and I was really impressed with them. Longmont High School uh, had uh, the second largest uh, chapter in the state of 220 students, and they brought 70 of those students to this and, and did a wonderful job. So good job uh, to the guys over there at Longmont High. Thank you. Councillor Waters. Thanks, Mayor Peck. Um, did I miss it in the in the materials for the Button Rock Management Plan, a list of all the public engagement opportunities that were offered? I'm not sure if it was in this one. I know it was in one of the previous items, but we can get you that list again if you if you would like it. I just when there's an observation made that this is a knee jerk, it was framed by a member of the public as a knee jerk reaction. For a plan that's been in the process of being, it started four years ago, right? Correct. We had the first conversation about four years ago when we put some constraints on 
dogs in the park. They had to be on leashes at that point in time. And there was a signal then that this might be coming. I remember the, I remember the meeting. I remember the conversation. Uh, I know there were a number. We heard from a, a member of the public the first time when the, when the team presented the management plan um, that somebody felt like they'd been left out and wanted a seat at the table. Uh, and I should have asked the question then how many times were those residents invited? And I'm not trying to blame or shame anybody, but I'd like to know, yeah, there were 12 or 8 or 4 or whatever the number was. Because uh, we're hearing the same thing when, when, when residents express themselves about proposed developments in town, like there was never a conversation about this until now. And I'm looking, I'm looking now at a list of, I, don't, I mean, just an extraordinary list of public engagement efforts um, and, you know, you, then one has to keep raising the question, so what more would one expect the city to do besides, in addition to this, you know, these 22 activities and what was written and, you know, the number of public engagement opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. With Envision Longmont, where if I go back and look at the numbers, somewhere around 16,000 residents were either directly involved or, or directly exposed, right, to what was happening as, long, as Envision Longmont was being developed. And that part of the story doesn't get told very often, right? Things get reported, a soundbite that is somebody's view, but not necessarily factual information. And I, it, it would be helpful if we had at our fingertips um, the actuals, right? What did happen and how many people were involved and all the opportunities that people could have taken advantage of, whether they chose to or not. Because none of this is knee-jerk. We all know that. Uh, the, the city staff knocks themselves out to give the public a chance to learn, to engage, to react, to disagree, to offer new ideas. Uh, and by the time we get it, that whole process has been fairly exhaustive. Mm -hmm. But it's because it's the first time we've talked about it here. It's like now it's a new topic, which is simply not the case. And I, I'd like to get a better balance on that, not to point fingers or shame or blame, but just to make certain we have a factual record of what did happen and when it happened and people could have chosen to participate or not. So I actually have some great teammates that are giving me the information <laughs> right now. Whoever's back there. And so, there he is. Um, so I'll just kind of go over a few points. Um, it was in the March 14th Council Com. Joni said it's on page 19 on the actual report. Eugene has pulled it up here <laughs> for me. So great folks all around. But we had three public meetings, four public surveys. We had a web page specifically dedicated to this. There were six articles in the Times Call. Um, in the advisory boards, it went to water, parks, and recreation, sustainability boards, and there were five meetings each. And then we've had eight city council meetings. We've had eight meetings and discussions with the city council on this topic. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Just for the record. Great team. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of reflective of how well coordinated the public engagement process is as well. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Councilor Yarbrough. Thank you, Mayor Peck. Um, I just want to, I, see, I don't think I see anyone from transportation. Let me put my glasses on. But I want to confirm, um, we heard from public invited to be heard someone talk about Vision Zero. And I think that, um, that, if that was misinformation. And so, um, is there anyone that can actually sum up what Vision Zero really is? Glenn, Joni, can you all? 
Mayor Peck and Commissioner Yarbrough. So good news is you will see it and have a full explanation on the 25th. That's when the resolution will be here before you. So I know at that time, um, Jim and Phil will both be here. Mm -hmm. And I think we can be happy to summarize uh, the, the points that we heard tonight to make sure we get the correct information. Because I did not jot that down. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I don't want, I'm on the transportation board and I know that was, a lot of that information was not correct. Um, and I know that it will be presented to council about an action plan and also after that creating a task force. So, um, okay, so since we have no one here, I just want to um, make sure that that's corrected so that people can know what's the true information as to what we as a municipality is doing um, with Vision Zero. That's all. So I think that one is programmed on for a consent agenda, but we can, based on um, what we just heard, uh, we can move that to general business so we can make sure that we correct all of the relevant information and, and make sure that we're getting accurate information out. Thank you. That's important. Thank you. Councilor Hidalgo Frank. Thank you, Mayor. So um, in light of the um, person from Silver Creek, the student from um, uh, Miss Rooney, I didn't catch her first name, but um, her work around creating a public art display, um, you know, it got me thinking, you know, our, our hallways are pretty drab. <laughs> So we could always use a little sprucing up too. I would be very much in support of that. But additionally, um, St. Vrain is hosting their um, their um, public art space or their student artwork um, this week. It started today um, through Sunday, through, through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. and then Sunday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Boulder County Fairgrounds. So if you wanted to come and support our youth and looking um, at wonderful artwork that our community, our kiddos are doing. You're, I invite you all to, to attend. They've been great. Councilor Martin. Thank you, Mayor Peck. I just want some clarification from the city manager about moving the uh, Vision Zero from the consent agenda to um, general business. Um, there's a huge amount of public interest, and so I do want the full presentation to happen, but the way you said it, does that mean it's not going to get its first reading? Or a, a resolution actually? It's a resolution. It's a resolution, so it's one reading. If you've noticed now that we have, um, we're in the new system, we have the ability to put resolutions on general business if we want to have the presentation on it without causing numbering issues. So uh, I'll just make sure that there's going to be a presentation. So on that. we can still move to adopt Correct. the resolution. Correct. Okay. And the previous iteration, if you did something like that, the numbering issues got, I think, is that correct, Don? The numbering, the numbering issues would go crazy on us, so we would leave it on consent and then pull it okay. manually. So we're just going to put it on general business for the presentation. So it's a procedure change, not a status change. No, not at all. Thank you. Seeing no one else in the queue, is, to that comment, um, is there any way we can move that up? I love, I love the general business presentations, but no one is usually here to hear it, and they've gone off of the uh, 
streaming. They're not even watching from home, usually. Y you all can adjust yeah. um, the agenda. Yeah. Otherwise, we put it in consent. Then if we remove it from consent, then you go into second readings, and then right. it's after second reading in mm -hmm. front of general business. So um, let us work the mechanics on that one. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, we we can put it reports. on general business and then do the presentation and special reports and presentations and then still have the vote on general if that's. We that have works more people well. viewing it at that yeah. time of the meetings. That's. That's what I was. It could right. be back on consent. Right. Okay, uh, city manager. No comments, that? Mayor Council. City attorney. No comments, Mayor. Thank you. Can I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. All those in favor, just say aye. 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 We are adjourned. <laughs> There's always got to be one. I know you did. Actually, actually wasn't.